Welcome to episode 64 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Welcome to Atrocious August. Yeah, the whole month of August is going to consist of paranormal, horror, the weird and unexplained ghosts, that kind of thing, ghost stories. This episode, uh, it's been a while since I did an episode of paranormal stuff. Here we are. Kind of an early Halloween. Plus, August, to me, it really is a very atrocious fucking month. It's hot. It's shitty. It's hot. It's miserable. It's just, it's all around atrocious. So there you go. I, I've got great, great stuff lined up for the whole month that I'm really, really happy and excited about. Now, are you ready to get scared? Ready to get a little creeped out here? Oh, yeah. Get ready. You ready for some ghost stories? Oh, yes. We, we have some fantastic ghost stories in this episode. Holy shit. Let me give you a disclaimer. This episode is not for the faint of heart, but there's no turning back now. If you've listened this far, that is. Uh, actually, there is. You could just stop listening, but don't. Please don't. Please don't. There are some incredible, great, amazing, rad stories in this episode by a bunch of really rad and incredible people. Some of these stories are from people that I knew had ghost stories to share. So I hit them up and said, hey, will you tell me your story of visitors from regions beyond? Some of the people in this episode telling the stories are referrals. Essentially, someone said, oh, yeah, yeah, talk to this person. They have a crazy story. You need to talk to them. Okay, great. Some of the stories in this episode come from people that answered a call I put out on social media saying, if you have any ghost stories, please talk to me. I'd like to record you for an episode of the Bobcast of you telling your story. So yeah, there's quite the batch of paranormal palavering coming up here soon. Stay tuned. The real chills come later. Bobcast Studios haunted over here. Shit. Oh. No door. In this. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Did you catch those references, by the way? The uh, Haunted Mansion references that I threw in there? Good, good. You need to be paying attention in this episode. Uh, very close attention to the stories, especially. Because not only are there several terrifying tales of ghostly encounters in this episode, there's also kind of a contest going on in this episode for you, the listener, and for the people who told the stories. This is how it works. I'd like for you to listen to all the stories in this episode and decide which one of the stories is the, kind of the scariest, the creepiest, the spookiest, however you want to say it, just kind of your favorite story. Then let me know which one of these stories gets your vote based on those guidelines via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email. Let me know. I mean, hopefully if you're listening to the Bobcast you are following me on one of those weird, stupid fucking social media platforms. I will give out the email at the end of the episode if you'd like to contact me via email as well. So the prizes, the scariest, craziest, gnarliest, creepiest story wins a free t-shirt from Discount Cemetery, which is absolutely the raddest clothing company around. You'll be hearing more about Discount Cemetery later on in the episode. Plus, one of the other prizes is I have these little Ghost Hunter Adventure Packs or uh, Fanny Packs with a, a cool little like ghost patch on the front. The Scary Story will win one of those Adventure Packs as well. The t-shirt, though, that's the real prize. It truly is. 
Discount Cemetery makes so much rad stuff. Shirts, and more than shirts. They make all kinds of stuff. But the shirt that is the prize that we're talking about here is one of my favorite shirts that they make. And it simply says on the front of the shirt, Ghost Stories. Very rad and very applicable to this episode. It's awesome. The, the Discount Cemetery people are absolutely fantastic wonderful people that make some fantastic and rad stuff. So I was saying, also, there is a prize package for you, the listener, as well. You can win that same prize package, the Discount Cemetery Ghost Story shirt, and that fanny pack, simply by voting on which story is your favorite. Vote on my posts on the social media. Any post that has anything to do with this episode, once it comes out on Monday, it's the voting is going to be open for a week. So it'll be open from... The Monday it comes out, which is August 3rd, until the following Monday, which is August 10th. So you get seven days in which to vote. And the way that's going to work is I'm going to keep track of who votes in what sequence, like the first person to post or vote that I see. You know what I mean? So on and on. One, two, three, four. I'll assign everybody a number based on the order in which you tell me which story was your favorite. Then I'm going to go on this website which is called random.org or www.random.org. And it has a random number generator in which you can put in, say I get 25 votes, I'll put in the number 25, hit a button, it will randomly pick a number anywhere between 1 and 25. That person will be the winner of a prize package as well. So there is some something good possibly at stake for you. If you pay attention, listen to this episode, tell me which story was your favorite story, you can win an awesome shirt and a cool little fanny pack. You'll be styling, I think, is the expression I was looking for. Tight. Yeah, it's fucking great, right? Super great. Discount Cemetery will mail a shirt straight to you. I'll mail a fanny pack straight to you. Fuck, it doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. Let's get to it. The beer of this episode. Oh, yes, the beer of the episode is back for good. The beer of this episode is the Plan 9 Ale House Crispy Business. That is a 5% alcohol by volume lager. Let's try it out and see just how crispy this business actually is. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Really good. Yeah, crisp. Yes, there is a certain crispness to it. Very lagerish. I mean, you know, I'm not a beer critic by any, any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I do know a good beer when I run into one. And I've yet to run into a bad beer from Plan 9. This beer is no exception. This is a fucking really good beer. It's just a clean, kind of crisp, lager beer. Really good. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? Remember when Lowenbrow used to actually be kind of like a good beer? Uh, if, if you're old as shit like me, like in the 80s, what would you do when you wanted to get fancy? Or impress the person you were on a date with or something? You'd go buy a 12-pack of fucking Lowenbrow, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, great. Well, Plan 9 is back. Plan 9 Alehouse is back. They are open with takeout, beer, and food. Plus, Plan 9 Alehouse delivers within a seven-mile radius of their location in Escondido. They do have limited hours, Wednesday through Saturday. They're open from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Plan 9 Alehouse is located at 155 East Grand Avenue in beautiful downtown Escondido, You can order by phone at 760-489-8817 or go straight to the website, see what they've got, www.plan9alehouse.com. 
Great food, great beer. Support Plan 9 Alehouse if you can. Music in this episode. Oh, shit. Let me tell you what we have in this episode. Fucking this music is fucking great. Ah, I love this. This episode is definitely shaping up to be one of my favorite Bobcasts of all time. We've got The Marked Men with the first song in this episode, title of which is I Must Be Dead. The band Black Breath with the song Home of the Grave. And quick side note, Black Breath. Black Breath is a departure from the usual kind of punk rock stuff that I play. This band is metal as fuck. Detuned, entombed style, fucking rock metal. Jesus Christ. Black Breath is so fucking good. I love metal. Did you know that I I really, really love metal? Some metal, not all. I'm very picky about what metal I like. And Black Breath is at the top of that list. Look for more metal stuff in future Bobcast episodes for sure. This is the first real like metal song I've ever played. I hope you like it. I love this shit. After that is going to be a song by the Riverboat Gamblers, and that song is called Blue Ghosts. The final song of the episode is She Who Steps by Planes Mistaken for Stars. A quick note, too, about this Planes Mistaken for Stars song. I played this song before in a Bobcast. This episode, first metal song. It's also an episode where I'm playing a song that I played in a previous episode. And I'll tell you why. A, I fucking love this song. B, This song is very, very appropriate for this Ghost Stories episode because we are going to hear the very last ghost story is from Garrett from Planes Mistaken for Stars, and he kind of explains a little bit about what the song means. It's slightly ghosty, yes. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a pretty gnarly song. It's fun. I love this fucking song. The other thing, C, the reason I'm doing it, uh, it's my podcast and I do what I want. Uh, Did you notice anything about those songs, though? All the titles, kind of the subject matter of those songs, yeah, all about ghosts or somewhat related to ghosts in some way. Well, I mean, the Black Breast song is about being dead. So it's kind of about ghosts or kind of ghost-related in some way. The other thing these songs all have in common, they're all fucking great songs that I love. Yes, indeed. Great stories, great music. This episode is going to be fucking great. It really is. I'm really excited. I love it. Here we go. First up, we've got a few words from our friends at Discount Cemetery. Then the song, I Must Be Dead by the Marked Men. After that, I'll be back to introduce the ghost stories one by one. Stay tuned. Let me tell you a little story. I was walking home late one night and decided to take a shortcut through the cemetery. Three young lads walked up to me and explained that they were scared to walk past the cemetery at night, so I agreed to let them walk along with me. I told them, I understand. I used to be scared to walk through the cemetery at night as well. When I was alive, that is. (laughs) But don't worry, you have nothing to fear when you walk through the Discount Cemetery website to find the perfect t-shirt, vintage jersey, crop t-shirt, sweatshirt, you name it, The finest vintage horror and spooky outerwear are to be found on the Discount Cemetery website. Simply drag your carcass to www.discountcemetery.com and start browsing for the creepy clothing of your dreams. As an added bonus to the already dreadful discounts you get on the clothing from Discount Cemetery, use promo code PARTYWITHBOB. 
at checkout for an additional 20% off of your order. That's right. Party with Bob, all one word, P-A-R-T-Y-W-I-T-H-B-O-B, at checkout for 20% off your order. Even an empty-headed skeleton has enough sense to make good on this deal, so don't delay. Join the skeleton crew today and order some creeptastic clothing from Discount Cemetery. first story up is by my friend Janelle. I've known Janelle for a few years, mostly through interactions on social media, that kind of thing. Janelle knew that I have an interest in ghosts and paranormal stuff. So she wrote me in October of 2019 with a paranormal experience that she had. And that's what you're about to hear. This story she told me really gave me the creeps and it's stuck in my head since she originally told me. So I asked her to come on the Bobcast and tell that story to you as well, the Bobcast listener. Since Janelle is one of the first people to have told me her story of a paranormal experience, I thought it would be very fitting to have her story, the very first one up in this episode of Ghost Stories. This is a good one. Here's Janelle with her story. Enjoy. I'm here with Janelle, and she has a ghost story of sorts to tell us. Hello, Janelle. Hi, Bob. So my name's Janelle, and I used to work at a vintage store, and I worked there for a few years in the yard next to the shop. We used that for, like, our sales section, and then we'd also press clothes and steam them and stuff out there. I needed to grab some hangers just from our storage area, and I just went out, and it was, like, 2 in the afternoon. It was daytime, and so I just went to grab some real quick, and then uh, I walked out of the store and into the side yard 
and uh, I walked into our work area. I grabbed the hangers, and then I look up, and I see um, I see this man walking towards me, but he's like in full, I mean, Victorian garb, and it didn't weird me out at first because my boss is in to like festivals, so you know, there's all sorts of like people that she's friends with who are walking around like in all sorts of crazy stuff. So it didn't really like steam, steampunky gear sometimes and stuff like that. <laughs> like tutus and steampunk and I don't know, pilts. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. So it didn't like really phase me because I'm used to seeing like people dressed um, out of the norm. The guy's walking towards me and I'm like, oh, hey, hi. Oh, well, do you need any help? Can, you know, are you looking for, for Kay? Like, I can help you uh, find her. And, like, he's just, like, walking towards me. And he's not, he's a person, you know, like, a real person. And then he just disappeared. Whoa. It, was, it was crazy. Like, just <laughs> and, vanished uh, into thin air, basically? Yeah, he was, you know, far away. And I was, like, looking straight at him. So he was on the other side of the lot and just, like, walking towards me. And he wasn't, like, uh, transparent or, like, it wasn't, like, I don't know, other ghost stories where people are like, oh, I only, you know, I saw them floating or, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. This was, like, a full person, like, a human being walking towards me. I mean, it wouldn't have occurred to me that anything weird was going on until he just disappeared. I grabbed my hangers and went back inside. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Okay. Did you say there was something about the building, too? Or was it's like a really old oh, building? Yeah. So the building actually has been there since the, I don't, I don't want to say turn of the century, but like the early 20s when University Heights was still in its infancy. Sure. So there's like a barn in the back. And then, I mean, the lot has been there a really long time. And uh, it used to be like a plumbing store and like all sorts of different incarnations of various kind of shops. Gotcha. Like maybe an auto repair place at some point or something like that. Yeah. Too. Sure. Okay. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. It's just been, it's just been there a really long time and it was just weird to see a person walking towards me yeah. and then it not be a person. And then disappeared. disappeared. Any feelings, anything uneasiness or just, just whatever <laughs> kind of. No, I just like sent over to grab the hangers and then I looked up and then there's just this full Victorian dressed man I mean and then he was wearing a top hat too it was really crazy wow. there was like one other time but like I was working late by myself and I was steaming clothes and then I saw someone walk across the back of the work work area but I was like completely alone and that time I just kind of packed up and was like, oh, I'm going home now. Oh, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The Victorian guy that you saw, or the guy dressed in Victorian, you didn't get any feelings of, like, unease or, or fear? Like It was did it feel like, like th- a threatening presence or anything like that? No, it wasn't scary at all. I almost felt like I was interrupting. Like, I don't know. Like, I went out there and whatever was happening was whatever was going on like he was just going about his business almost or something like that yeah i i don't he wasn't like looking at me he wasn't talking to me or it just i just felt feel like i came upon this person 
that was just going about their business in their day and I interrupted. And you saw something you, then the other time, was that in the same building when you saw something too? Yeah, that was in the same area in the same space too. So in the same exact corner of the workspace. Was that person a little bit more hard, not not as well defined, would you say? Like you, you just kind of saw someone like moving and nobody was supposed to be there at the time. Um, I didn't see a person. It was just like a black shape and it was nighttime. So, you know, shadows are, are completely possible. Sure. But it was in the same exact space. You know, I could see the. it was like a shape of a tall man. I don't know. Oh, it might even have been the same, the same, <laughs> the same person or entity or however you want to say it. Maybe. But after that time I saw him, I, every time I'd go out there, like in the evening or if I was by myself, I'd be like, I'd call him Frank. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cool. You gave him a name. Gave That's him, good. Gave him a name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm here. Please don't scare me. <laughs> I'll be out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> Wow. I actually went and looked up the property at the library, the central library. That's how I found out like how old the building was and how it had all these um, incarnations of like different like manufacturing businesses and yeah, all the okay. Oh, so you actually went down and looked it up to see what was here, what was it this at this place. Yeah, I had the guy's name at one point. Well, it was like a this one gentleman and then he got married and then she was on the lease as well or or the, the deed as well it was a lot of fun to research because like if you go to the library you have to like go upstairs to the top floor and then they have the old directories like or yellow pages and it goes all the way back to like the 1900s oh my gosh and wow it, it's really cool yeah it even says like if you look up the ad because you can look it up by address or by name so if you look up the address and then it'll tell you the name of the the property owner and then it gives their some some of them aren't phone numbers they're like weird like letters and numbers yeah the old school numbers yeah where they say yeah give me klondike two 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 three two or whatever you're like what the hell is that exactly Cool. And then it lists their occupation too, so you can actually wow. find out a lot of information about. Well, you used to be able to find out a lot of information just by looking in the yellow pages, and it's pretty wild. Well, thank you, Janelle. No, I really appreciate you coming on and telling me your story. Thank you, Janelle, for your story. Uh, I, I told you it was creepy. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. Even though she said she didn't detect any ill will or anything like that, no animosity from this uh, entity, it's still a pretty creepy story. Well, Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor is the most prolific person in the paranormal community today that I can think of. He's written over 80 books. He hosts ghost hunts and ghost tours all around his home state of Illinois. Troy hosts the raddest paranormal and true crime podcast out there today, American hauntings. He does live stream events in these days of COVID-19. Truly an all-around amazing person. Troy is so knowledgeable about paranormal subjects, uh, lore, crime stories. He really blows my mind. I was introduced to Troy Taylor via his book, Haunting of America, which talks about the history of haunted places around the United States and the hauntings which take place in those locations. It's such an incredible book. I really cannot recommend that book enough. 
If you have any interest in paranormal subjects or hauntings, ghosts, anything like that, you can get a copy today if you'd like at www.americanhauntingsinc.com. And the ink is spelled I-N-K just before that, .com. There will also be links on the Bobcast webpage on this episode's specific page where you can find out more info about Troy. Here is Troy Taylor's story of a ghostly encounter that he had. Enjoy. The stories continue with Troy Taylor. Troy is the author of my favorite book about haunted locations around the United States titled Haunting of America. That book was also my introduction to Mr. Taylor. Troy is also the host of what is in my mind the best paranormal and true crime podcast around today, American Hauntings. Welcome, Troy Taylor. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. This is one of those things when you ask me about telling a story, I'm like, well, gosh, you know, I, I never claim to be psychic or see dead people or anything, but I mean, I, I've traveled so much over the years and with the purposeful intent of going to haunted places that I always tell everybody that eventually you're going to become part of your story, whether you want to or not. Sure. Uh, but I thought for this story, for you, what I would, well, what I wanted to tell is an old one from like when I first got started doing this stuff, because it's a, uh, it's, it was about a place where it happened at a place that uh, was really important to me as a kid. It was a, it was an old theater uh, in my hometown of Decatur, Illinois, it was called the Lincoln theater. Growing up, I used to go there to the movies all the time, but it had started as a vaudeville theater back in 1916, but that fad did not last very long. So when vaudeville went out, they started converting a lot of these big old grand theaters into movie theaters because that was the new thing. So it, it continued to operate until the 80s, and then uh, and that's when I was going as a kid, seeing movies there, but then it closed down and it sat empty for years. People were planning to restore it, and you know, but nobody really could get anything going but I had always heard about how haunted this theater was and so when I was first getting started with writing I, I you know I was checking out all these places and I collect all these ghost stories about the Lincoln Theater but you know when it comes to theaters when, when you're a writer you learn to take theater stories with a, a grain of salt uh, about the size of a television set because theater people <laughs> like to tell stories. I mean, that's the whole drama of the sure. whole thing. So <laughs> you're not sure about the stories. You know, I, I'd always heard about this stagehand who had worked there in the vaudeville days who had been killed in a tragic accident um, when he had fallen from the, the flats above the stage, like a hundred feet above. He'd gotten caught on something and it had ripped his arm off on the way down. And so he haunted the theater ever since and everybody called him one-armed red. That was always the story. Well, me being me, I'm digging through all the history I can find, and I find that Red really was a real person, but not during the vaudeville days. He was a, a um, had, had run the the, the, uh, the projectors there at the theater in the 1940s and 50s, and his name really was Red, but he had both arms. So I don't know how that story got started, <laughs> but there were still all these stories about the place being haunted, and so it just became one of those places that I like to show off because it looked like a haunted place. So when people would want to come and, you know, like I was said, I was just getting started. I just published my first book 
And, you know, it started to get a lot of attention because, well, it was the 90s, the mid-90s, and there just really wasn't a lot of stuff like that anymore. Sure. You know, we started a ghost tour. It was like the first one in downstate Illinois and all kinds of – it was a big deal in the 90s, okay? So we had a lot of, like, TV people that would want to come as far as news programs because there weren't any television shows or anything back then. And news, news shows would want to come, and I'd always take them to the Lincoln because it looked haunted. And then I would tell them the stories, but you know, I, I, I didn't really know if the place was haunted. It just had a lot of great stories. And so it was part of the lore. So one afternoon uh, I'm there with a news crew from a local television station. It's just a cameraman and a reporter. And I'm giving them a tour of the theater, telling them the ghost stories. And in the corner of the stage of the theater is this spiral staircase. Now, it used to go up to the, the scenery flats above the stage, but now it just goes up to a furnace room because all those catwalks and stuff are mostly gone. So the cameraman says, um, you know, well, is this place supposed to be haunted? And I said, yeah, that's, um, that's where Red the ghost often appears. People see him sometimes on the staircase or they'll hear him going up the stairs or they'll see this shadowy figure. And I had a, a bunch of stories because this theater had recently reopened and there had been a lot of shows coming through, including this um, Patsy Cline tribute show. And I'd actually interviewed some of the cast, and they had a dressing area they had set up in the corner of the stage near this staircase because they had to do a lot of quick changes, and the theater was still being renovated, so there weren't a lot of places to go. Well, anyway, one of the stage managers happens to look up, and he sees this guy on the staircase looking down, watching the girls change clothes. Well, he thought it was just some staff member or, or, or an audience member that was a, a peeping Tom. So he followed the guy, and then when he couldn't find him, he assumed he was at the top of the stairs, went all the way to the top of the staircase. Nobody there and no way to get down. So I told this story to the news crew. I said, I can't vouch for it. I wasn't there, but these people swear it's true. Well, the cameraman wasn't buying any of it. He thought the whole thing was ridiculous. I don't believe in ghosts, blah, blah, blah. You know, so... He said, but I would like to go up to the top of the staircase because it would be a cool view of the stage, you know, that I could film and we could tell, you could tell the story and we could fill it in. And I said, okay, great. So the cameraman and I climbed to the top of the staircase and we left the reporter down on the stage. We were up there for a couple of minutes. He's getting his shots. And then we heard the reporter follow us up the stairs. It's a metal staircase, quiet in there. We could hear it echoing as she was coming up the stairs coming around and around and now it's really dark up there and it's really dark in this corner and so the cameraman says hey can you see okay do you want me to shine my light down to make it easier to get up the stairs reporter doesn't answer so he waits another minute because we can still hear her coming their hearts will choose tapping on the stairs and so he says it again hey do you want me to shine this light down well then finally the reporter says what except when she answered us she was all the way on the other side of the stage now, we were the only three people in the theater, and we could still hear someone coming up those stairs. Swear to God. So as the footsteps are getting closer, the cameraman looks at me, and I'm like, I shrug my shoulders, you know. Apparently, it's a ghost. And this guy doesn't believe in any of this stuff, and finally, the footsteps stop. And he yells over to the reporter, and he says, hey, are you on the stairs? And she said, no, I'm, I'm right here. You can see me. I'm, he said, well, who's on the stairs? And she said, well, nobody, but I can see you guys at the top. He said, there's nobody else on us. And once he heard that, this guy shoves me out of the way and runs 
down that staircase and went outside and would not come back <laughs> oh, in. Wow. For somebody who didn't believe in ghosts, man, he was in a hurry to get out of there. So that was like my first experience at the Lincoln. I've had others since then, but it is, it is, I believe, a genuinely haunted place. All the stories that you've heard or might hear if you look them up, a lot of them, I'd say 90% of them, probably are true. So anyway, that was my first experience with the Lincoln and with this kind of stuff. So I thought maybe it was something I could tell today rather than, you know, I, I witnessed an exorcism or something crazy like that. Sure. And this, was, <laughs> this was the real thing. So anyway, that's my story. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Troy. I appreciate it. Sure. Anything you'd like to say? Any any kind of books in the works? I know you have a book that came out recently and the podcast. Anything going on you want to mention? Yeah, we, we do the podcast. It's every other week. Uh, AmericanHauntingsPodcast.com kind of takes you there. Or you can just look up an American Hauntings podcast on Apple, on iTunes or whatever. Yeah, I listen on um, Spotify. Yeah, yeah, Spotify, exactly. About every place, I think, Cody puts it up. And I did have a book come out recently called In the Boneyards about haunted cemeteries because, well, who doesn't love ghosts and cemeteries, right? So right. anyway, um, yeah, but you can check out anything that we do, events and that kind of thing. Uh, our main website is just AmericanHauntings.net, so pretty easy to find. Perfect. Okay, excellent. Well, All thank, right, well, thanks. Thanks, Troy. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Mr. Troy Taylor for that story. Check out Troy Taylor's various ventures. Everything he does is rat. Next, we have my friend Richard James from the United Kingdom, the UK. I met Richard last October at Fest 18 in Gainesville, Florida. I was uh, very much on the piss the night I met Richard, and I remembered bits and pieces of our conversation. We talked for a long time. We talked about ghosts, all kinds of crazy stuff. Richard and also his mate Craig, I met at that time as well. Both super, super rad people. Uh, did you know I'm slipping into a little of the British slang as I'm doing this? Yeah, I got falling into character. Uh, you're, the host of your Bobcast is an international person. And by the way, on the piss means that you're out getting very drunk. Yes, so Richard replied to my calls on social media for ghost stories. Here he is to tell his tale of his possible encounter with the Black Lady of Boverton. Enjoy. Let's let's get your ghost story out of you. It's a kind of it's kind of weird one. It's, it's, it's going back some time. Like I was what fourteen years old, so it must be like eighty nine or ninety. But uh, okay. well, I grew up in Wales, which is a part of the UK that not many people know of. They think of England, Scotland, and Ireland, but it's like a little bit that's packed onto the western edge. Right. And uh, there's loads of old derelict buildings down there, old castles and stuff that, that go back centuries and centuries. And there's this little town called Bolverton, which is tapped onto where where I was living. And me and a friend from school, uh, a guy called Mike, uh, were hunting around looking for some wood to build some skateboard ramps. And uh, I'd never been up to this old place, this, this place called Bolverton Castle. And it's uh, it's an old manor house. Um, dating back to like the 11th century. Oh, wow. And it's been derelict for years. You know, uh, there was a big fire in there in like 17th century and it just fell apart. But we went up there and you have to creep through this farmyard to get to it. It's all fenced off. Building's very dilapidated and falling down and dangerous. So we're in there looking for some wood and stuff. 
we're in the what would have been like the main hall of this building and there's nothing in there it's just old stones and stuff and mike's probably like 10 15 feet away from me and we're messing around like kids do and all this and all of a sudden like i started feeling really cold and it's not a cold day you know and i, I look over and i'm looking at mike he's like looking back at me and it's like it's, it's just weird you know i can't really describe it i mean talking about the arms are beginning to the hairs on my arms are beginning to stand up but you just felt this really weird cold right? and then all of a sudden start hearing these doors banging and there's no doors in there there's no there's nothing you know and look across at mike and I'm like, do you hear that and he's like yeah 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 and we're out we're out of there we're out of there like a shot you know and we run down into the little village that's at the bottom of the hill and there's a wall there next to some shops and we're sat on this wall and like mike you know even though he's young he, he was smoking at the time he was chain smoking you know he was just going through cigarette after cigarette after cigarette and we're just like oh, something really really weird about that across the road there's a, a pub called the bobberton castle named after the pub my parents used to drink in there after a few years when we were old enough to go in and so we're hanging around in there and we're talking to the people behind the bar the owner of the pub and stuff and there's an old couple who always they're in there every night and they're sat at the edge of the bar you know, the, the old guy wheels down his wife in the in the uh, wheelchair and they sit there at the table same place every single night and they're talking and the guy behind the bar tells us about this story that about uh, this supposed ghost that haunts the the castle called the black lady and the first sightings were, were back in the earliest 19th century there's the workman had seen this lady in the grounds of this castle dressed in black mourning gear and that kind of shit them up a little bit but the old lady who was in the pub she was apparently the last person to have seen this ghost back when she was a child yeah. And we were we were a bunch of tearaways back then, and the, the locals weren't too keen on us. We're too fond of you, sure. I never sure. got, yeah, but I I never got the chance to talk to this couple, and they they sadly passed away, oh, twenty years ago now. There'd been odd sightings here and there, but nothing in in so many years. And then fast forwarding a bit, I was working out in Belfast in uh, just before. 9-11 happened and then I lost my job because of everything and I came back to Antwerp where I was living and I I was staying with some friends I was kind of kicking on the couch at friends house and uh, we sat there one night playing playing a playstation and messing around and stuff and a few guys broke the house bedding with his, with his girlfriend and they'd been out on a night out and uh, they were driving back into the town it's a really narrow road country coming into the town all dark there's no lights on it a really bad bend at one end and they saw this old woman walking down the road and this is like you know one o'clock two o'clock in the morning and they got a bit worried about this this lady walking so they turned they went to the bottom of the road turned around and came back looking for it checked she was all right they could never find her and like 
on one side there's like a, an eight foot wall the other side is just bushes there's nowhere for anyone to go to go yeah and they they came back and they were like we, we saw this woman we saw this woman and they they were they were dead straight they they wouldn't you know they wouldn't mess around they wouldn't go they wouldn't bullshit or anything and uh everyone's just started you know laughing and joking and, and messing around and stuff and like sure yeah yeah you well, saw actually, that. when i was when i was 14 years old you know i went up to this castle you know but there's been several sightings over the years of this of this old woman that walks around but it's it's really strange there's, there's definitely something i don't know i believe in there's something there but i also believe in the science of things and that there's an explanation for things but sure having been there and experienced that you know i can't i can't pinpoint what it was i really can't it's too bad you never got a chance yeah. to talk to the old lady in the pub you know and to see what it really is kind of story she you know had. it's one of my regrets from my but yeah i sent i sent you some photos of the of the building and that and I, on a web link you can just see from it how run down it is it's just piles of stone and brick and we could hear those doors banging plain as day and if it was just me up there i would have thought my 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 mind was playing tricks on me but if my mate mike hadn't been there and just to look on his face a whole pack of cigarettes yeah. too, because he was so shook up so, you know yeah. wow yeah. oh that's fantastic to, to see him peg it like that you know we, we were just out of there you know, we weren't staying any longer. No, I, that, good idea. I think you did the right thing. So, oh my God, yeah, that's a good one, man. I've been been back to the town because it's it's where where I grew up, where my where my parents used to live before they before they moved out to Spain. But I still go back there to see friends and stuff. And to this day, I've never been back up there. You know, it's still it's still there. You know, it's fenced off and stuff. You have to, you know, either go through a really tough wood. Of brambles and you know thick trees and stuff, all creeping through this old farmyard. You know, so but, it's not yeah, easy to I'll get to. Then, yeah, there. it's it's not. Uh, oh no, no. You park your car and walk up to the gate and walk through and off. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've told the story to people before, and they're they're like, "Oh, it's, it was." You probably heard something in the farmyard and stuff like that, but it's too far away. The sound wouldn't have carried that far to be that loud, and that crystal clear. Well, thanks for telling me your story. Yeah, no worries. Anything you want to talk? Anything going on with the band or anything like that? Uh, hopefully. We we had so much planned for this year. While well, we're doing shows in the UK, doing shows in Europe, hoping to come back over to the US again. We're going to get together around Christmas time. We're going to hammer out some new some new tunes and uh, see where it goes from there, I think. Great. Okay, well, cool. Thank you for talking to me, buddy. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for that story, Richard. So, the Black Lady of Boverton is supposed to be the ghost of the ex-wife of the evil King John of the Robin Hood legend and lore. Fucking crazy, What? right? Wow. Wow. Speaking of crazy, Richard is in a crazy good band called Question the Mark. You should check them out. Really great British punk that I am so, so fond of. We're going to take a little break here, listen to the song Home of the Grave by Black Breath, then we will be back with some devilishly good stories. Please stand by.
Breath. Holy shit. What a band. I, I love metal. The band Black Breath is absolutely the cream of the crop of metal bands for me. Check them out. I do have to say very sadly, Black Breath, I believe, are on hiatus, though, due to the passing of their bass player, Elijah, in December of 2019. A very heartfelt RIP. Rest in peace to Elijah. The next couple of stories are pretty intense and may possibly involve some demonic activity. I don't know. Uh, these kind of stories really scare the living shit out of me and have ever since I was a little kid. Watch The Exorcist? Oh, no, fuck no. Oh, uh, no, uh, nope. Uh, that shit fucks me up. Uh, bad. Very bad. The first of the two stories in this little series, in this episode, is by Jen. And Jen has a very gnarly story to tell. Here it is. This is Jen with her terrifying tale. Enjoy. I'm here with Jen, and she has a ghost story for us. It is supposedly quite creepy and spooky. Let's see. What do you got, Jen? It's got all the bells and whistles of a good ghost story. Uh, the year was 1987, and Hoffman Estates, Illinois, has this tiny little graveyard in the middle of a bunch of affluent suburbs. Think like poltergeist kind of thing. So my best friend, Lori, Lori Mancini, is she to hey girl, <laughs> and um, other friend Lane. So she's a goth, he's a skinhead, and I'm somewhere in between all of this mess. Like, let's go down and check it out. I want to see. Uh, the, the legend of the story is there's a ghost there by the name of Grandpa Myers. We want to go see. So we walk up this hill, and there's, like, fireflies, and summer, and this beautiful breeze. And I felt like I was in a zen spot, just peaceful. My friends on the left and right are kind of bristled. They're kind of like, this is kind of spooky. We get to the grave. It's in the middle and the back. It's maybe a quarter of a block in size and as we're approaching the headstone this shadowy figure pops up from behind it it's see-through black but the face is solid white and terrifying and it rushes us and we tear down the hill get in my car I drop them off I drive home as fast as I can I put the beastie boys on as loud as I can <laughs> and I look in my rearview mirror and it's solid black inside my car is solid black i cannot see out the back of my window a little bit of history my dad was pastor i grew up like hearing all these stories and blah blah and i didn't know if i bought into any of it until that moment i was like holy shit i get home i run in the house i jump into bed with my little sister because i did not want to go to the back part of the house by myself um the door is open a little bit so that there's normally light in the hallway. There's a nightlight. Couldn't see it. Pitch black. I'm there. I'm, I'm freaking out. I was 16. So I run into my parents' room, jump in their bed. My dad pops up out of bed. Jennifer Ann, what have you done? My mom pops up awake. They both start speaking in tongues, which I have never experienced in my life. It was crazy. Oh. The bed was shaking. The windows blew open. And for, uh, it seemed an eternity. I know it couldn't have been that long. And then my cat jumped up and landed directly into my chest. And I mean, I passed out. I was so afraid. That's my story. But that, that shit was real. That was wow. the realest experience. And I 
have gone through a whole lot of life. I'm almost 50, and I will never forget that moment in time. The end. Did, wow. <laughs> wow. Did any, had anything ever you, happened Kate. to you? You're right. That was, wow. Had anything ever happened to you before or after that, really? No. So before, like, I think I was, I, I was, I was raised in the South. I moved to the Chicago suburbs when I was 12. I was raised in Nashville. So um, I was very protected in, you know, traditional Southern Baptist upbringing. And I remember going to my first seventh grade sleepover and they showed the movie Evil Dead. And I was so afraid. I, Evil Dead, right? I was right. so afraid I called my parents to pick me up. Totally embarrassed now. It's one of my favorite films. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I was like, I had no experience of any of that. They never talked about that. They never... I mean, I didn't even know what. Yeah, you're very sheltered. Words, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, asked my parents, "What was that?" And they're like, "It's the language of the angels." And I was like, "What?" Since then, I stay away from stuff like that. What do you? Why do you think your parents started speaking in tongues like that? I don't know. My dad said he was casting out demons, and it was like autopilot. They were sound asleep, and then they were bolted up out of bed speaking that weird language. And I'm like 16, going, "What is?" happening right now and then you know the cat jumping on my chest is what threw me over because it was like a physical sensation i always have a cat by the way (laughs) ever since then i've always had a cat smart Um, not a bad not a bad idea at all right so i think everyone (laughs) i think everyone is like oh you got a cat they're sick yeah they're great but they're kind of kind of jerks uh yeah it was it was it was quite an experience i've never had anything like that before and i never intend to again as long as i live did you ever look into anything with like the history of that cemetery or anything like that to see if there were I known hauntings not, in the I area? Not. No, other than just there was an urban legend that that cemetery was haunted, and we we're like, let's go see. As against kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, we're gonna have fun. Yeah, Boone's Farm in a cemetery. No. Awesome. Wow. Like I'm with a goth and a skinhead. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> now don't you know that which one of the one of the Living Dead movies takes place in a cemetery and there's like a punk and a skinhead there. Okay, it was just a bad it formula was, all the way around. You it know? was kind of exactly like that, only there weren't any zombies. Oh my thank gosh. <laughs> wow. Well thank you. I think I will sleep with the lights on tonight. Good luck with that. We'll thanks do, for, for letting me share. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and talking to me. Uh, yeah, that story was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I'm not trying to influence the judging of the stories, but that story was scary as shit. Thank you, Jen, for costing me many nights of no sleep. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, up next is Davey telling a few stories, actually. He's got more than one story. They're kind of all tied together in the sense that Davey seems to be a magnet for this crazy paranormal Activity, maybe demonic stuff going on? Fuck, I don't know. Seriously, the dude has been through and seen things I don't ever want to see. Worth noting here as well, Davey is someone I've known for almost 30 years. And he is Davey of Tilt Wheel. I'm sorry, I should say Sir Davey of Tilt Wheel. I've always known he had some crazy stories. Going back to when he was a little kid, here are a few of them some of which are from a house that he and I lived together for a a couple of years. Keep this in mind, too. 
I probably spent before I lived in that house, actually lived there full time. I probably spent more nights there before I lived there. And yeah, that house was fucking gnarly. I hated being alone in that house. Absolutely hated it. It was a fucked up weird house. Weird, weird shit would go on there. Well, here's Davey to tell some tales of terror from the old Spanish trail house in Escondido and more. I hope you terrifyingly enjoy these tales. So, okay, so growing up and living in Mira Mesa, and we had this dinner table, and it was in the room, and uh, in this one room, and in that dinner table where I sat, there was always like a cold spot. No matter what, if it was 100 degrees outside, fucking cold right in that spot. And we even redid the house and did tile, changed the floors, painted, added an addition, added a roof to the top of that room, you know, like a deck, all this, put in French doors, put in brand new double pane windows. It was still a cold spot. And so I didn't know until, and this is like when I was a kid, and I didn't know until much later that uh, cold spots have been uh, likened or uh, they said the cold spots in house where uh, in the houses were supposedly like, I don't know. I guess you can look it up. I haven't looked it up in years. Right. Yeah. There's like, there's some kind of paranormal activity or something where that cold spot is something, something weird is going on there. Maybe something odd is going on. And when you change the floor and you change, you put a roof over top and you change the windows and you go from like your standard Larwin or party uh, homes, you know, sliding window job to like a double pane glass French door system that's got like, you know, like, you know, and all caulked up and everything like that. And all the windows are different, but it was still cold in that one spot. You could sit in the chair next to it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But that was my spot to sit for some reason. It's oh, just wow. whether I probably chose it unconsciously. So anyway, so, so, I was talking about that. I was like wondering what it was and stuff. And then my mom had told me a story how when her first husband died and she was at the funeral, she said this without fucking changing a thing. And we all know, like, you know, we all know she fibs a little bit, but this sounded right. And then I just asked her again about it like six months ago, right? Right before Christmas holiday. Yeah. She said that her dead husband got up out of the fucking, like, like, you know, moved the top half of his torso up. So he was like sitting in the coffin and he gave her a hug and told her everything was going to be okay. And she is not fucking, she hasn't changed that fucking story in 40 years. Right. Was this, and which is during the super wake weird. or something like that during the, it was wake? during his funeral, during his funeral, like at the funeral, she claims that like she went in for the visitation thing, like beforehand or whatever. And yeah. he got up and or he, fucking told her gave her a hug and told her it was going to be okay so this is like a weird thing for me to even fathom and i think that's way too crazy and way too out of line and but she swears that happened right so let's go into like so i've always had this like thing there was always creepy shit in the house in mira mesa of course there was always like you know the footsteps the weird voices the mean sounding voices etc etc and then, let's see, when did I go up to Escondido? I was around 18 or so. Well, we lived in Mira Mesa, and then my parents were like, it was Reaganomics time, right? So everybody's money was worth five times as much for some reason. Yeah. So they sold their house in Mira Mesa and built a fucking house in Escondido. 
while they were building the house, that was that Ralph Real guy and uh, Richard something, uh, Spinelli. Richard Spinelli was the other guy's name. Uh, and you saw, you know, where Real View Drive was named after the guy Ralph Real. Ralph and Richard's contractor lived on our lived on the property down in the field there. There was like what two acres down there? Yeah, like in a trailer or something down there. He was living in a trailer, and for some reason, he had propane hooked up, and the fucking propane blew, and he died. Right on now, he's property? far away from where. The, yeah, on the property, like while they were building the house, the contractor fucking the the propane tank or whatever blew up, and the guy died. Wow. And so, which right there, that's like a that's like a hardcore fucking you know, spooky ghost story, uh, like for the movies and shit, you know, right, Ooh, yes. I'm coming back to contract your house. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to build yeah. it. In the- All right. The floors are creaky. Don't blame me. I'm just a contractor ghost. <laughs> but after, for some reason, after that, I, after I heard that story, I had put some things together. So one night I had just moved up there and I wasn't really, I don't think I was drinking or nothing, really. I don't think I was on any drugs or anything like that. It was kind of a very short, sobery time for me. And one night, I just, like, I was in my room, and I started writing. And then I couldn't stop writing. I could not fucking stop writing. And I still have the fucking booklet. It was a, it was, it was a yellow, it's orange, or it's yellow lined paper with blue lines, red, red margins. It's a yellow book where you tear it at the top. Yeah. And I wrote... Six to ten pages, solid words without even thinking about them in seconds. And I felt like my hand was being guided. And at one point, I felt something brush against my face. And immediately, my nose started running. And I got really, really sick. Like, super sick. Like, fucking allergy sick. But I felt something before, while I was doing all that writing, felt something scratch against my face. Right. Yeah. And that's when I became very sick. And like, I was like down for like a week while I was in down for a week in my room, not being able to fucking do anything because I couldn't breathe. And I having these gnarly sinus things. I kept feeling and seeing creatures around my bed that would point and laugh at me. Like it had seemed like that. Um, and I had asked somebody who's like a lamest Satanist, saltwater right oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, I had asked him and i had asked terry about it right they were both telling me that because i was like hey is this, could this fucking happen what the fuck is that all about and they were both telling me that now i sound like fucking a, a doctor quote end quote emmanuel that demons they can't like demons and ghosts can't harm you or hurt you or touch you but they can fucking stir up the air which doesn't make sense to me that they could stir up the air and bring up dust and things like that and like and and uh, allergens to make you sick or to make your brain like you know while you're sick you're like you're you're open and you're open to more like toxic things in the air or suggestion you know your brain your your whole body's not working at, on the defenses inside as opposed to outside so outside influences can get to you. So that was explaining some of that shit to me. So one night I got freaked out so bad I moved into the clown room. Where, and, what room were uh, you in? Oh, oh, you were downstairs. You were in the downstairs. Well, room. no, I was still, I was still upstairs in the gray room. Oh, the one that Kevin lived across. in. The one that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was in that room, and then I got freaked out so bad by the fucking being sick part. 
I went into the clown room. I moved into the clown room one night. And that didn't last long because I could not sleep in the clown room. I kept being woken up by like loud noises and being like shooken all the time. And I, and that was really weird. So one night I moved back into the gray room because I figured the other part wasn't so bad or that I was just gonna get followed anyway or something like that. And so I moved back into the gray room. Then when Mario Bird's boyfriend or whatever moved out, I moved downstairs. Right after I moved downstairs, shit started getting really weird. And so I would have these fucking uh, crazy, like, I would hear all these weird noises and hear talking and hear, like, you know, weird conversations, but nobody would be home. Or I knew my parents would be asleep. Or, you know, it was just like the weirdest thing. And I would hear these conversations and loud noises. Then one night, I woke up. I mean, what is, is this a ghost? I mean, one night I woke up and I was being sexually assaulted by something. Oh. I had a boner. I could feel like, I, I could feel like, I, I if I, 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 it took like, it took a month or so after this happened to say that I was being sexually assaulted by this fucking thing. But I kept saying, this thing jumped off of me like and did a backflip and then kind of stood. And all I could feel was that it was like an Eastern, older Eastern, maybe Japanese. I keep wanting to say Japanese just because of the way it moved for some reason hmm. or the feeling I got. And it was, but this thing, I, like, I couldn't see it, but I could see it. Does that make sense? Like, sure. cause this will go with it. This will go with another story where, you don't actually see it because it's not real, but your fucking brain does, you know? Sure, and sure. So this thing jumped off me, and it made a motion like it was going to come back. And my door opened, and it was my dad. And he's like, what the fuck is going on down here? What's all the noise? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then my dad laughed and closed the door. Two seconds later, I woke up. So it was, might have been a weird fucking dream, but I woke up and I had jizz on me. Oh, not your own? Yeah, like I had fucking cum. And that was the weirdest fucking, most disgusting, scariest fucking thing that had happened to me up until that time. Because I had thought that like there was something about, you know, my dad's face or something that had to do with that because he came in the room, feigned like, like concern and then was completely like oblivious to what I was going through. So there's probably like a dream thing or some subconscious fucking abandonment issue thing going on with that too. And that vulnerability allowed this demon, demon like creature to fucking get in on my vulnerability and use that because I learned later on from those people that when something like that happens or you feel like you're being like, trampled or like one of those night demons things that sits on your chest that sits on your chest if you right feel this, that that you the best defense against that is to go hey asshole basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing but hey asshole i'm just as fucking unwanted and lost as you are you need to fucking go fuck with somebody else you're not going to get anything from me i'm just as bad as you are if i were to die i'd be on the same plane as you lost and picking on people and that's like, they, both those folks said that's your best defense against like any sort of 
sort of demonic. I, the demonic is the main thing because it felt more like a demon than like somebody who had inhabited the fucking home or some fucking bullshit Amityville thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, some, 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 what's, that, what, what's that family, the fucking, the, the family that the Amityville people that are, are like the, the, the Annabelle. The, what, what oh, that the, uh, the Warrens. The war yeah, okay, yeah, like them. Like, besides what they would say, because they would have shit on, like, In Search Of. They'd be on In Search Of and stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Talking about, and, uh, and yeah, that was Leonard Nemo, yeah, In Search Of. They'd be on that show all the time, and they'd be on, like, all those weird ghost stories, like the NBC ones. It was all, they'd been on, they'd been on for years, right? And, uh, and then they would go on Sylvia Brown's show and stuff like that. So, after that, like, so we kept hearing, so anyway, like, there's always been some sort of weird shit. People coming down the stairs, people going upstairs, people walking around when you know nobody's home. Yeah, house creeping. But the thing is, like, house creeping in, rhythm, in rhythmic proportions that cross the fucking floor and shit. And then, you know, when I'm downstairs, that was, in that room, it was easy because I had no windows. I could lock both those fucking doors to the outside and nothing could get in or out, yeah. including me. So when we were upstairs, like, okay, so where the... You're upstairs and you kind of like are facing from the kitchen. It was basically where the north side of the French doors that were leading out into the field. So the big French doors onto the porch or onto no, the, on the onto patio. The, yes, the patio that the was patio. right off the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And then in that corner, not the corner, the kitchen side corner, but the bedroom side corner, every time I would walk by or, or just like be up there watching TV, I would hear and feel. I would, it was, you know, like the, all of these things are more like feelings, and they and they they're manifested in my brain, but not necessarily manifested in my eyes. You know, sure. But you can see them anyway, right? You know what they are. You can describe what it is, but you can't actually see it. But you can describe in detail what it is. There was this fucking kid, and that's why I, I kept thinking it was a kid, a child. And it looked like the child was covering his mouth laughing, right? And the child didn't look anything. The, the child looked not unlike me as a child, is what I is what I thought later on. But the kid would be in this corner, and it kind of just hung out in the corner, and it would laugh all the fucking time, constantly laughing. Laugh, 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 laugh. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I might have told you, and that was it. Maybe, maybe. Because I didn't really like talking about it. So fast forward to just after like a year or so after 9-11 and Jenny and fucking Audrey and the Canadians. And I think it was during that spring break when, when I think it was during spring break because that song, that Tillwill song, I spent my spring break in fucking Vancouver. Yeah. And that's how I had gone just before that to go pick up the Canadians. And I went and stayed up in Vancouver, but Gary and all them, all the Esco kids had done spring break like the week before. So there was a bit of overlap between the time that the Escondido kids were at the house and Jenny and Audrey and, and was there anybody else with them? Anyway, while Jenny and Audrey were there before we went up to, to Vancouver for this best spring break ever, everybody was at the house. I had no idea who this fucking Audrey lady is, right? Audrey, for, we're in the middle, two or three days of fucking party. And all of a sudden, Audrey looks at me and yells down the stairs, Davey, yeah, she's from North Carolina. Davey, what's up with that little kid in the corner over there, little bastard? 
And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, yeah, this fucking kid's been bothering me for days. Whoa. And I had not, I, you may have been the only fucking person who knew about that because I never talked about that with anybody. And it was so amazing that she picked up on that. When Davey was telling me these stories, it was the middle of the day. And even though it was the middle of the day, I still, I had to keep turning around to make sure nothing was behind me trying to fucking kill me. God damn it. Yeah, those stories fucked me up. Well, up next are a few words from Ween Team, an organization that helps children all over the United States take part in the magic of Halloween. And then the song Blue Ghosts by the Riverboat Gamblers. Stay tuned. Ween Dream is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that gives free Halloween costumes to children in need all across America. Ween Dream gives costumes to kids from all over America who are faced with unique challenges, including those with special needs, physical and or mental disabilities, homeless children, kids living in poverty or at shelters, children with serious medical issues, kids in the foster care system, and kids who have experienced a recent trauma or natural disaster. Since Ween Dream began in 2014, over 13,500 Weensters have received costumes in 38 states. To donate to Ween Dream, simply go to www.weendream.org donate and click on the Donate Here button. All donations go directly to helping Ween Dream accomplish its mission of providing free Halloween costumes to children in need. Please consider donating to Ween Dream today.
Thank you to Ween Team and the Riverboat Gamblers for the use of that song, Blue Ghosts. What a song, what a band. Pleasant Gaming. When I think of someone who has done everything, I think of Pleasant. She is a best-selling author and journalist, international dance performer and instructor, punk rock historian, blogger, tarot card reader, and a critically acclaimed actor, musician, and painter. Pleasant is a Hollywood icon she was a crucial part of the formation of the L.A. punk scene beginning in the late 1970s through the 80s and on to today. I first heard of Pleasant via her band, The Screaming Sirens, way back in the 80s. That band was fucking incredible, absolutely unlike anything else out there at the time. Keep in mind, this is in 1984, and that's when I first heard the band Screaming Sirens. I could go on and on about Pleasant. She's one of the raddest people to have ever walked the earth. I really do think so. Why don't I stop talking for now? Let's hear Pleasant's Tale of the Unexplained. Enjoy. I'm here with Pleasant Gaiman. She has a story for us. Pleasant is a best-selling author, journalist, actor, belly dancer, musician, burlesque performer, poet, historian, painter, and the list absolutely goes on and on. It's my pleasure to have you with a story tonight, Pleasant. How are you? Hi, I'm good. but um. I wasn't so good on the night uh, of, of this story that I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> okay, so this was a few years ago. I was good until I went to sleep. When I went to sleep, suddenly I just like woke up. Like I just dead woke up. I wasn't scared, but it was one of those times when, when you wake up and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, what, what, you know? And and I, I didn't sit up or anything in bed. I just like pinged awake. And so... I'm really nearsighted, but I could see as I was laying uh, on my back, looking at the ceiling, I could see this kind of green um, circle of mist swirling around counterclockwise. And I was like, am I dreaming? And I was groping for my glasses on the, the nightstand. And I finally found them because I thought, you know, maybe it's like when, you know, the, uh, the darkness looks like the air is moving kind of, you know? Sure. So as soon as I put my glasses on, I saw it and I was like, nope, that's really a green circle of mist up there. And so then my next thought was, oh, it's probably just like the smoke alarm that's on the wall behind my bed. So I turned and looked at it and the light was on, but the light was red. So then I was sitting there watching this mist circle slowly on the ceiling and I was like, am I still dreaming? I don't know. So I got up, I went to the bathroom, I turned the light on, I peed, I washed my hands, and then I put hand lotion on. So all of those steps, I was fully, now fully awake. And I was like, wow, that was a weird experience. So I go back into my bed, and my bed is kind of like up on a big platform. So without even looking at the ceiling, I kind of crawled up the little steps and just rolled into bed and lay on my back again with my eyes closed. And so then all of a sudden, there was this 
little like double voice in my head. It was kind of like when you have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on another shoulder in a cartoon. So, so the first voice said, are you really going to um, just not even check to see if that circle is still on the ceiling? And so then the second voice me went, yeah, it'll be okay. And the first voice went, are you fucking high? Like, so I was, I was like, okay, maybe I better open my eyes. And I opened it up and it was still there. And seconds after I opened my eyes, it, it became more solid looking and it started twirling faster. So then it kind of creeped into my consciousness that because I had crawled into bed, having been fully awake, but without even like checking to see if it was there, I felt kind of like maybe it was hypnotizing me and I got to feel a little bit uneasy. And the faster it swirled, the, I, I'm getting goosebumps right as I'm talking about this. The faster it swirled, the more uneasy I got. So then the first voice was like, well, what are you, what are you going to do about it? And the second voice was like, uh, maybe you should say the Lord's Prayer. And then the first voice in my head was like, I mean, these are just thoughts. It's not like I'm schizophrenic or something. So then the first voice was like, you've seen too many fucking horror movies, you know? And then... And then I was, uh, the, the second voice was like, well, maybe you can just think it. Maybe you don't have to say it out loud. So I just was, I was thinking, how does it go? How does it go? Oh, yeah. And so I went out loud, dearly beloved. And then the first voice was like, come on, you idiot. That's not the Lord's Day. You say that at like weddings or funerals or something. And then I was like, why the fuck don't I remember the Lord's Prayer? Like even Susie and the Banshees did a song of the Lord's Prayer. So I was like, I was like, come on, jerk, come on. And then I was, and then I started thinking, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And and then I looked at it and the thing was racing and racing. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if I say this like out loud. And I started getting a little bit paranoid. And then without even thinking, and this is nothing that I've ever done before because I'm not a religious person. All of a sudden, it just flew out of my mouth really loud and really forceful. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have to leave right now. And all of a sudden, like, this tiny pin dot opened up in the middle of the circle. And then it went whoop and got a lot bigger. And then the mist that was swirling around the ceiling broke into two pieces, swirled around in concentric circles around the thing, went all the way down to my bed, surrounded my bed, and then zoomed up into the a hole in the ceiling and then just like slammed shut with the crack and I sat up I'm, I'm totally like covered in goosebumps right now because this was so horrifying I sat up in my bed and I was like oh my fucking god what the fuck was that and I jumped out of bed I ran down the hall I turned on the, every light in the house I turned on my computer I turned on the TV I turned on the radio I turned on uh, a stereo and I was just like pacing. And then I looked at my phone and it was 3.33, which is supposed to be the witching hour. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck? Who am I going to call? And then I started thinking like, you know, due to my punk rock past, if I called some anybody, like my sister, like uh, my best friend, if I called someone at that hour and said a portal just opened up on my ceiling, they'd be like, what are you on? You know what I mean? Right, so sure, then I was sure. like, I can't even talk about this. So I was just like walking around chain smoking until about 9.30 in the morning. I was so flipped out. And then finally when the sun was out and stuff, I like went back into my room and then I, I went and I got staged and I like was staging it out with the windows open. And then I like just passed out. But I mean, 
that was so horrifying. And then a few weeks later, my house is like a, over a hundred years old and it's, it's two apartments, one in the back and one in the front. And I live in the back one. So one of the neighbors that had just moved into the front house came back to my house and knocked on the door. And he's like, yeah, I have to ask you a weird question. Do you think our house is haunted? And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely haunted. It's definitely haunted. He's like, why? What makes you say that? And I said, well, what makes you say that? And he said, I, I thought I heard like footsteps coming from the roof and, I, and then I thought it was raccoons and I went outside and there was nothing there and then it sounded like human footsteps like like feet that had heels and stuff not like raccoons and I said oh okay and then he said well wait why do you need so I told him that whole story that I just said and he's like why didn't you call me and I was like because you just moved in and I don't even know your name I mean what was that what was I gonna say like a portal opened up on my ceiling and he goes well, if you need to call me now, you can. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he thinks that was kind of this yeah. happened at the same time when this portal was opening up the, the footsteps that he heard. No, I think my, I think mine was like, mine was later than that. Do you know what I mean? Cause he came to me, like he said, his it happened like a little while ago, but then he kept sensing stuff. Oh. So that wasn't the same time, but like, I mean, his was, like, he was just horrified when I told him that whole story because his was just like he heard something that may or may not have been a ghost. Oh <laughs> and mine gosh. was like, yeah, that was, re- every time I think of that, seriously, my whole body gets covered in goosebumps. It was so fucking, I've had a lot of weird experiences since I was little, but this one was like the topper, you know? Sure. Wow. That's pretty intense. The the thing is, when you shout it out, like you said, you're not even religious. And you shout it out in Jesus' name, and the thing closes up and gone. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty spooky to say the least. Yeah, that even that even flipped me out too because, like, I don't. I mean, a, I don't, I don't, you know, say like my Lord God Jesus, or you know what I mean. Yeah. But just the fact that I did it and it, it, it and it did that at that point, I was just like, I was, I was fun. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, that's quite a story. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much for telling me your story, Pleasant. I really appreciate it. Anything you have coming up or in the works that you'd like to mention real quick for people that are listening? Yes, I would. Actually, this story is going to be in a book that's being published by Punk Hostage Press. It's going to be out somewhere between the 1st and the 15th of October. Maybe it'll come out on the 13th. And the book is called Super in parentheses, natural woman. Also, if anybody wants the tarot reading, you can go to my website, pleasantgaming.com, or hit me up on Instagram. I'm on there as Princess of Hollywood. I'm, I'm a professional tarot reader. I promise I won't pollute your your um, life with any more portals if you get a Awesome. <laughs> well, great, Pleasant. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me and telling me telling me your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasant story. That was a crazy story. I would not be able to sleep in that house anymore. No way. Uh-uh. No way. Check out Pleasant's podcast, The Devil's Music, available on all the podcast listening apps. Plus, and this is awesome, Pleasant has a new book coming out in October of 2020 titled Supernatural Woman. I'm really, really looking forward to that book. You should buy a copy when it comes out. Next up is a story by my friend Donna. This one is special 
And very interesting because Donna does not believe in ghosts, but she has a very, very interesting story. Unexplainable, this story has all the elements of a great ghost story. Let's hear Donna Ramone's tale of the inexplicable. Our next story comes from Donna Ramone, who you may know from her column in Razor Cake Magazine, as well as many other awesome things that she does. And Donna has a story to tell us. Let's see what she's got to say. Hello, Donna. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me on. I should preface all of this with, I have been seeking out ghosts and cryptids and monsters for UFOs for such a long time. And I've come to the conclusion that they're, they're not real, but that the human mind is quite an incredible thing. Yet, even I have a story that I, I cannot, cannot tell you exactly what happened. So, when I was about 20, 21, 22, somewhere in there, for many years, I worked at a skate shop in Upland, California. And so the skate shop was part of the downtown, and the downtown had been renovated at some point. A lot of stuff go. And I worked in one of the skate shops. And the way the skate shop was, what the layout was like, if you can try and imagine this, is it was a very like long rectangular shop that narrowed considerably in the middle. Because in the middle was where we had a storage area for snowboards and then dressing rooms. And then in the back, it opened up again. And in the back were shoes. So generally, when people walked in through the front door, They'd walk past uh, like the skate counter, which is where I was usually hanging out, go through the middle, back to the shoes. Once they got back to the shoes, I couldn't physically see them. You would have to get up and follow them back and be like, oh, what are you looking at? What size do you need, right? Yeah. So one day when I was there, I was usually midday, super slow, and there would be two of us. One would probably be doing restocking and stuff in the back warehouse, and one person would be running the front to you know, watch when people came in. So I was in the front and I was tagging a bunch of shirts that we had just gotten in. And the dressing room had mirrors on the outside as well as on the inside. So there was a series of mirrors right there that were facing, sort of facing me. And while I was sitting there doing the shirts and everything, I looked up and I watched the reflection of someone in a mirror. So they'd gone around the snowboard corner, but I could still clearly see them in the mirrors headed back towards the shoes and i even now i can tell you exactly what this person looked like they had a backward red baseball cap they had a white pink top sort of a indeterminate looking dude kind of broy looked very much like the sort of general folk that you encountered in upland california in the early 2000s either that right? or, or fred um, durst came into the store possibly uh, you know everyone did kind of look like that <laughs> they really did so i i mean i saw him in the mirror and i saw him walking back towards the shoes which is exactly what most people did they walked into the front door made a beeline to go get their white dds's it was a time and so stopped what i was doing walked around the skate counter walked back there got back to the shoes started looking around there's nobody there. So I'm thinking, oh, they must have encountered the guy who was working in the back, my friend Paul at the time, called from the gooch. And and I thought, oh, maybe he has to use the bathroom because both the bathrooms are around the corner in the warehouse spot. So I peek my head in and I'm like, hey, gooch, did you let a guy just use the bathroom? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm stocking shoes. 
And I was like, dude, where's this guy? I just saw him. And he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I just saw this person come back here to get shoes. What are, come on. So, and so we used to play pranks on each other all the time. So I thought he was fucking with me. Oh, sure. The whole time I'm like, stop it. Where the fuck is this dude? Is he your friend? Is he just hanging out back here? Is he going to pop out behind me and scare me? Because that's what we tend to do all fucking day to each other. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And at a certain point he was like, you need to settle down and stop yelling at me. There's nobody here. Because at this point, I was like, just stop. Just stop being such a fucking dick and tell me where the guy went. Maybe maybe a week later, one of my coworkers, Juliana, made mention of like, I saw a person go in the back and then they weren't even there. I don't even know what's going on today. Maybe I'm just tired. And I was like, no, no, I did this. This happened. What is happening? Why do we keep seeing people go in the back and then there's nobody there and she's like i don't fucking know you are yelling at me again <laughs> paul told me you know like it was just the thing that i'm like no 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 what is that what the fuck is this juliana just looked at me like i don't know my dude like <laughs> i so, sometimes i don't know maybe i missed saw a shadow and i'm like what fucking shadow we're indoors so Hey, and there's a definite uh, the clothing that this person was wearing as well. Very specific. A red no, backwards I mean, baseball cap and everything. Like, I can still see the person, you know? I asked her what her description was, and she was like, I don't know. It almost it kind of just looked like some guy. And I was like, the nondescript guy, you know? <laughs> I was very I was very much on one when I was like 2021. 20, and then different different people would claim that, that the room was haunted, but nobody else like said that they saw a dude most of the time they would say things like they saw the glowing light which i'm like i'm pretty sure those are headlights coming from the back doors like peephole and oh, stuff like, like that where i'm like sure. oh or something where they were like no man i saw an orb and other people are like i heard voices in the back one time and like rattled and i'm like dude stop all of you like all of us are like collectively hallucinating and i feel like i'm losing my mind we're just gonna have to stop maybe and then this is where it takes a turn into movie territory. And I, to preface, I swear to God this happened. I have witnesses. <laughs> so that area of downtown would have a giant, what would you call it? Like a street fair? Street fair or something, sure, yeah. Right? And so it was like every, I think, like Wednesday night. And it was in the summer. And it would be, you know, there would be like 8,000 people in the store and zero people buying anything. And we just had to make sure kids didn't steal stuff. Yeah. And one of the times there were two, there were two older guys that were just kind of hanging out and just shooting the shit, wandering around. And then one of them was going on about how it used to be a bar. It used to be a bar. It used to be a bar. And I didn't want to correct him, but I'm like, yeah, I know. Like the owner told us, like he planned this. <laughs> like it didn't used to be a bar. He built out this place that it was just a facade and he bought the facade and built out the store so they just kept going on about how it used to be a bar and so i went over to talk to him and i was like yeah i i don't believe this used to be a bar there's bars all up and down the street but this place isn't a bar it it was that and then one of them was like no no it did used to be a bar it burned down it's like oh oh wait, what? And he's like, yeah. Then developers bought up a bunch of area, put up the facade and everything. I've lived here for, you know, 40 odd years, whatever. And he, so he's like, yeah, yeah, this used to be like the shitty bar. 
And then his friend goes, yeah. And like, right here is where the guy died. And I just stop and go, what? And he's like, yeah, there was a fight. One of the nights, guy got stabbed and he died. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, yeah, the guy got murdered here. And then, I don't know, like a couple months later, the place burned down and everybody just sort of decided they wanted nothing to do with it. And that's when developers came in, facade went up, and I guess your place showed up. Wow. It's like, excuse me? And I mean, just to make it a little more movie, the place where the guy died is where I was standing tagging shirts. Wow. So, is it all coincidence? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> or is Did there I more to it? put a lot it? of harmful things in my body, 20 to 21? Also, yes. <laughs> Did it affect my brain chemistry enough for me to hallucinate a guy? Not that day, but who knows? <laughs> right, I don't know. right. Wow, that's a so that's great story. One. That is a great story. Wow. It's a weird one. That is very, I still, very interesting. I cannot, cannot explain it, but let me tell you, the number of times I've sat around waiting for a ghost to show up and nobody showed up. Mm. Well, thanks, Donna. Thank you so much for talking to me. That was a fantastic story. Absolutely loved it. Thanks, Bob. Donna's story was either the strangest Fred Durst sighting ever or something that simply defies logical explanation. Uh, you be the judge. I'm not telling me what to think. I'm lying. Actually, I totally think that was the ghost of the dude that died in that bar fight before the bar got burnt down by a fucking ghost. Okay? Uh, God damn it. Yeah, that bar got burnt down by a ghost, and that was the ghost of the guy who died in the bar fight. I'm sorry, Donna. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Donna, for telling me your story. Next are some stories from Garrett O'Donnell of the band Planes Mistaken for Stars. Garrett and I spoke way back when I did an episode about Mesa Verde and the ancestral Puebloans. Garrett kind of indicated back then he had some stories to tell, some crazy stuff, unexplainable Rad, maybe ghost stories? Hmm, we'll see. Here's Garrett with some spine-tingling stories from the spectral realm. Stay tuned. This house was built in the 30s by a, a mobster. Like, this is a, a factual thing. Like, I mean, it's not just, like, uh, urban legend. Like, when we moved here, people in the neighborhood came to be, like, you know, up to talk about the house and tell us all about these stories, you know? I mean, there's still, like, legends. There's a bunch of money hidden here somewhere. So this guy was a mobster, and he ran... Uh, he, he money laundered for Capone. During Prohibition, Capone moved a lot of his shit down here because hmm. uh, we're two and a half hours south of Chicago. And so, by and large, what he did is he ran it through school milk. It sounds so fucking wow, crazy. Wow, it does. But yeah. like, he, but when I moved here, like this guy that lives up the street, he's a retired uh, fire chief, and he's like, "Hey, I have something for you." Um, I'd never met him before, and he just gave me this bottle, this glass bottle from the, the you know '30s or whatever, the Capone milk bottle, basically. That this guy that my house that that built my house, that's what he ran. Wow. So. <laughs> I mean, you get when you think about it, it's like school kids had to have milk back then, right? I mean, it was a hell of a way. It, it was like a easy, I'm sure, like a kind of an easy way and a sure bet kind of thing, yeah. a way to handle things, you know? 
Yeah, it's legit. So anyway, after the, the story goes that he got kidnapped in the 50s from this house, paid his own it was $50,000 cash. Uh, and that's like the facts. And then at some point, after the house, so there's no blind spots. Now there is because shit's grown up over the years. But And I was like, I don't even understand that. But over the, I've lived here eight years and I'm realizing there's all, like, all right, so there's rebar in all the fucking windows downstairs. Like on the ground level like, or something? Yes. Like rebar, not like a fucking, like a grate, like this shit's laid in concrete. Wow. He just got real paranoid and blah, 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 blah. So our backyard is a church. So there's a church. And so he sold the house to the church and then it was a, a parsonage for 25, 30 years. Oh, okay. So the, the pastor lived here and then the pastor sold it to... And this is where it gets weird. Fucking uh, a teen Christian counseling center. Oh, sounds like a like a gay, so, gay conversion therapy camp or something like that. You know what I mean? Yes, dude. So all the doors on the upstairs lock from the outside. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so the people that lived here before me were a mobster a priest and a fucking Christian counseling service. And now me. So there's all, so there's all sorts of juju, you know, going on here. Right. Like residual shit. The good news is that they found the right guy. They did find the right guy. I can handle it. (laughs) Yes. You're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I can handle it. And I'm just like, all right, you motherfuckers. So anyway, when we, the, here's my story. Here's my ghost story. It's, it's really not that fantastic, but it's, it's interesting. So when we came to see this house, I had a little bit of trepidation because I was like, this house feels very large to me. Like very large, not in size, but in like, uh, weight. And, but it was a beautiful place. My, 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 my lady really liked it. We, it, it's a beautiful place. So we're like, we get it. But the first time we, there's this one fucking closet upstairs that when we came in, I turned on the light and it exploded. Like, oh, the bulb just burst. Wow. Yeah, just like crazy. And it was a big old bulb from like whatever, probably been up there fucking 40 years, you know, like not, not your regular fucking light bulb. And then blah 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 all this other stuff starts happening and this the, the closet that it's in goes to i mean the, the closet's probably the size of like a normal small bedroom and on the other side of that there's another closet and then there's the bathroom door and if all the doors are open at once you cannot get out wow. and if you open one at one time, this is really hard to explain. It's like a math problem. If you open one, you have to... The way the doors kind of, like, however you want to say it, kind of fold in, they, like, box you in if they're all open at the same time. Okay, okay, I got you, yeah. Yeah, and if you don't do it right, you're fucked. And especially if you're in some sort of panic mode, then you would just die up there. That's it. If there's, like, a fire, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, It's not up to code. trap yourself, yeah. Yeah. And one day I went up into that closet and 
the next thing I know, I wake up on the floor, right? And I wake up on the floor and I'm in between all the doors, which oh. I don't recall why I would have opened them all, but I, I knocked myself out with these doors. Oh. <laughs> and every time I dealt with that closet, something stupid would happen. Light bulbs explode, doors knock me out, fucking whatever, you name it. Creepy, like weird shit, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this is where I'm going to sound like a fucking total weirdo. Uh, some years back, I went and saw a shaman, right? Okay. My yeah, friend's yeah. like, hey, man, it seems like you're having a hard time. Like, why not, you know, try acupuncture, try a shaman. Why don't you get a massage? You know what I mean? All sorts of different things. And I'll try anything once. I'm just one of those guys. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, why the fuck not? You know, the yeah. world's your oyster. Sure. And so I, I, <laughs> I go, I go to this lady and she's, and she's wonderful. She's wonderful. She's like, Hey, so here's the thing, you know, like lay down, do your thing, meditate. And I'm going to get in your head and I'm going to come back out and I'm going to tell you some shit. I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. You know, yeah. it's like a normal weekend. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And so she comes out and she's like, all right, so, hey, let me ask you, do you have a weird closet or anything in your upstairs level of your house? Like a weird room that you have problems with. And I know what it's like to be led. I've dealt with enough pigs in my life. You know, you're leading me. You lead me here. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm like, maybe. What, what about it? What, what, what else you got to say? She goes, I'm just, I'm just seeing a room on a, an upstairs level of your house that you uh, find problematic. Anytime you go in there, something weird happens, right? And I was like, all right, cool, bet. You know? <laughs> I was like, bet, all right, I got you. <laughs> I got you. She goes, well, here's the, here's the thing. She's like, uh, so what I'm getting is an, an individual was hung in there, not by himself. And he's been stuck in this closet since say maybe the 30 does that make sense and i'm like oh fuck oh boy all right so uh i was like all right so say i believe what you're saying what do i do and she's like well if you can see him and he's been a problem it's not because he doesn't like you conversely it's because you can actually see him and he just wants fucking help he's freaking the fuck out so just tell him it's cool you can cruise and I'm like, all right, we'll see. We'll see what this what this leads to. So I get back home. I was on the other side of the country with the, this situation. And I come back home. And I go up there and I'm like, holy fucking shit, in this closet. And there's like a beam that is like exactly, it, 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 not much of a stretch of imagination. Imagine somebody being hung in there. Sure, yeah, yeah. Put like, it that way. Like the positioning. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Well, not even the position. Like, I mean, almost like built for nefarious purposes you know oh i see what and, you're saying uh, okay yeah so it's just like in the basement there's a whole fucking there's a whole secret other basement in this house that has like meat hooks on the ceiling oh yeah <laughs> you oh, get it jesus christ you yeah, get yeah, it yeah. i get it i get it yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. and all sorts of i find stuff in this house all the time that i'm like oh wow man but anyway so i just went in that room and i said hey homie it's time for you to go quit fucking with me. Uh, you know, you want to hang out. I'm cool with that, but you got to stop acting like such a spook, dude. You know, yeah. <laughs> and never again. 
And never again has there been a problem. Never again have I felt even like the slightest of trepidation or anxiety. Just like, I'll go in there and fucking play pinochle by myself. It's no problem. Wow. But it used to be that I could not walk in that room without starting dry heave. Wow. Or get knocked out or like, yeah, yeah. Like something <laughs> always happened every time you walked in. And I felt like I lost 40 pounds. Like just like. Bam, broom. there it is. Like a you big know? weight like, came off you when that, you know, like this dude took off. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, so either that there's something to it or I'm completely fucking bonkers. Either way, you know, there's just a whole bunch of shit we don't know about, man. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really that, it's really that simple. What about the story about for the song She Who Steps? Well, she steps. I'm not. I, I forget what culture it's from, but that's the name of the ghost that uh, that's kind of like the night terrors. The people that sit on your face and fucking and hold you down, uh, like the spirit you down. or demon or however you want to say it. Oh, okay. That is in in every culture they have a different name and a different thing and a different uh, reverence to this thing so i mean you're, you're going back thousands of years there's always been this thing and you know maybe it's some sort of psychosomatic fucking mental condition i don't know but i will tell you christ i could go all sorts of deep with you with fucking talking about black magic and whatever but anyway <laughs> i've had i've had problems with these these things my whole life you know, and I stopped having to me once I engaged. Um, once I engaged and was like, all right, I see you. How about that? I'm not scared of you. I see you. What you got, motherfucker? Uh, and yeah. again, it, and it, it could be a thing that's just something wrong with my mind. Or it could be like, all right, this is something that I fucking deal, I deal with. I've dealt with my whole life. And now that I can talk to it and address it, it, it goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's kind of yeah. crazy. Like, it doesn't totally go away. It's there. And I'm like, I see you in my closet, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I know you, you can't do anything to me. So the, get on. You want to talk this out? I've just fucking, yeah, just dealt with weird, weird shit. When you fucking, like, start, like, 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 messing with things that aren't necessarily second nature, maybe they are second nature is the problem. But when you start yeah. messing with things that, that you were not taught to mess with, like, like, things happen. Things fucking happen. I'll tell you one more story. This is more delayed sounding, even. Fucking, when I was a kid... I was really like rabid about the library, like loved it. Like I was like the only person I knew that was like, can I go to the library? You know, that's where <laughs> you, you wanted to library? go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going go to go to I, Disney I, world on vacation. No, no, I'd rather just spend yeah. vacation at the library. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's what I wanted to do either in the woods or at the library. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, I wanted to find out about stuff. And when I was a child, much exactly how I am now, my interests were the arcane and or science fiction. I uh, was probably about 12 and I got all these books and half of them were like, I lucked out and were like some serious like 
fucking like like spell book. You know what I mean? Like kind of a, about as heavy as you can get from like Bantam Warner or whatever the fuck. Uh, but I had all this shit and I probably, I think the limit was seven books. All right. And uh, at the time. And so half of them were like books on like that, like man, myth and magic. The other half were like Flash Gordon in the 40s. You know what I mean? Like some nerd, <laughs> some nerd shit, you know? Sure. And I had this, I had this awful, awful fever dream. Like, I'd been reading these books all night and like trying to like understand how to mold and like, like find something malleable in, in these words. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so anyway, I was like, all right, I went, I went to sleep and I woke up and I saw this fucking like orb, like red. I remember it plain as day. It was like a fucking beach ball, but on fire. And it was like, and it hit me. And then I passed out, I guess, because I woke up in my grandparents' living room and was like, what the fuck? So you were in your room and then you woke up, like you got hit by this flaming orb. And then you were, next thing you know, you're in a totally different room kind of thing? Yeah, totally across the house. Wow. All right. So I wake up and in the morning, this is the trip part, is like the books when I went to bed were not in any sort of order but when I woke up the next morning the sci-fi books were next to my bed in a perfectly stacked row right? and I was like where the fuck are the rest of my library books because I would worry about that shit I don't fucking I don't like sneeze at fucking library feeds that shit freaks me out sure sure more than ghosts <laughs> um <laughs> and, so I get up and I go to get some fucking whatever Smurf berries or whatever fucking cereal was at at the time and I'm like holy shit all those other books are all over the living room like throw like somebody threw them like open spines up like ones on the couch ones under the TV ones in the back right corner so it's like somebody walked in the room and just grabbed them and room across the living room holy shit and that's the room you woke up in too, I, right yeah but i went back to bed and was like oh i must have slept walk because yeah, i slept walk yeah. a million times i slept walk five blocks once but that's another story yes that's another story um, <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like all right so then i learned a little bit of reverence like i paid closer attention to what i'm doing here man did you think you were appro- you weren't approaching the subject with respect? Like you were being like kind of flippant and just like, eh, this is some weird shit. I'm going to see. I, I think I was a child. And if I were to even give it any sort of like, like review to try to understand what it was without sounding like I was crazy, but there's no way to do that at this point. We're too fucking balls deep in this. Right. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've arrived. Um, is... Garrett is here. Finally, we have him. Yes. <laughs> I would. I would guess that it was like a hey. It was a wink. It was a all right, motherfucker. You ready for this? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like, are you sh- are you sure? 
a kind of a warning and at the same time like yeah, this can go someplace interesting if you want to get into it a little more you know but also like yeah like uh you sure you want to fuck with this I, I I got more I got more dude, but I don't I don't wanna fucking fuck you up too bad tonight. I'm a little speechless after Garrett's stories. What the fuck? The closet? The books. Oh holy shit, yeah. That the history of Garrett's house where he lives right now, that's a whole story into itself. I could easily do an episode just about Garrett's house alone. I think Garrett's like Davy, he's kind of a magnet for supernatural, paranormal, what however you want to say it, that kind of thing. It's crazy. I do think there are some people in this world that are like magnets for paranormal activity or for entities or something, whatever the hell it is, energy to kind of gravitate towards and latch onto. I definitely think Garrett is one of those people. A note and something maybe I should have explained at the very beginning. What do I think about ghosts? What do I think about paranormal activity, supernatural stuff, maybe demonic activity, that kind of thing? I'm fairly undecided, to be totally honest. The thought that ghosts may exist or something like that implies that there is an afterlife in some ways. And that is what kind of throws me because I don't really subscribe to any kind of religious thought or anything like that. Or is there an afterlife or are we just gone or do we become reabsorbed by the energy of the universe, the energy that we're a part of, which the le- that final thing that I said, that's kind of what my thinking gravitates towards these days more than anything else. However, I do think there is some weird shit going on in this world There are too many stories from too many people experiencing too many weird and unexplained things for there not to be something there, whether it's energy of some type, when our bodies are gone, the energy that's inside us that makes us who we are has to go somewhere in some way, whether or not you subscribe to the possibility that we're just completely gone, okay, fine, or maybe that energy... goes back out into the universe, into the world. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I do things like this and why I'm very interested in supernatural, paranormal, the occult, that type of thing, because there's more to life, I think, than we have any fucking clue about. Science, yes, I'm a very, very huge fan of science and fact and everything like that. On the flip side of that, I'm a very, very huge fan of the occult, the supernatural, kind of the unexplainable, the weird phenomena that goes on that we can't really explain. So that's why I kind of get into and talk about paranormal stuff. I'm very interested in ghosts and the possibility that they exist. I don't know. By looking into it, researching it to an an extent and talking to people, I might get some answers. So there you go. I'm 50 years old. Uh, I'm old as shit. You know, I'm getting close to time where I may have to shuffle off this mortal coil, so to speak. So I'd like some answers before I go. That's kind of why I do it. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the stories and the music. I fucking loved all of that shit that we did in this episode. I do always strive to bring you the best in stories, the best music, 
the best that I can. I hope you enjoyed it. Those stories were fucking great. I cannot tell you how long I sat with my mouth wide open while I was being told these stories. Total flytrap shit. <laughs> like, oh my God. Those stories, scary, creepy, spooky. Uh, sometimes I was looking over my shoulder like going, oh, fuck, what's behind me? Oh my God. Yeah, pretty spectacular. I'm super happy about every single one of those stories. Thank you all so much. A huge thank you to everyone that told me a story or a tale for this episode. Janelle, Troy, Richard, Jen, Davey, Pleasant, Donna, and Garrett. You are all the best. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to scare the shit out of me. Uh, or actually, talk to me. Talk to me. And that's what I actually meant. Also, huge thanks to all the bands that gave me music to use in this episode. Marked Men, Black Breath, Riverboat Gamblers, and Planes Mistaken for Stars. I do want to say... The music you heard at the very beginning of the episode and during the tellings of those tales of terror, that music was provided by Darren Curtis. You can check out his website. He's got all his music available for download and use as long as you give him credit like I'm doing right here. That music was provided by Darren Curtis. His website is www.darrencurtismusic.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N. C-U-R-T-I-S-M-U-S-I-C dot com. Check him out. Huge thank you to Discount Cemetery for making the raddest clothes around and providing those awesome prize t-shirts for this episode. Don't forget to vote for your favorite story after you listen to all the stories in this episode. You could win some awesome stuff. Remember to vote via the social media posts that I put out there that are relative to this episode or email me at... Bob at I wanna party with Bob.com. Also, don't forget to check out Discount Cemetery. Use the promo code Party with Bob when you're buying some of their awesome stuff at checkout, and you will get 20% off of your order. What a deal! That is awesome. Super cool. Thanks to Plan 9 for the beer of the episode and support Plan 9 Alehouse if you can. Thank you to Ween Dream for helping children in need. It's such a rad thing that Ween Dream does. Help support them with a donation if you can. As always, of course, thank you for listening. Without you, the Bobcast listener, I wouldn't have a ghost of a chance of achieving true happiness through podcasting. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Here's Planes Mistaken for Stars with the song, She Who Steps. Thank you.